A gigantic star in a distant galaxy explodes, transforming itself into a mighty supernova. And at the indescribable impact fills the heavens, the escaping gases catch the Silver Surfer, flinging him outward across the endless void. Further and further travels the strange space wanderer, riding the shockwaves, the rolling gases across countless light years, heading in the direction of the Milky Way, in which nestles our own solar system and the planet Earth. Welcome to Artifacts of Infinity, where we dive into the infinite abyss of Marvel's cosmic universe. I'm Ever Christensen. And I'm Jonathan Hudson. This is episode two, and today we will be covering Fantastic Four 48, 49, and 50. This episode covers the introduction of Galactus and the Silver Surfer. They're both foundational characters to Cosmic Marvel. Last episode, we covered the introduction of the scrolls, and every episode will have a similar focus of coverage. Let's dive right into the first issue. This is issue 48, The Coming of Galactus. This issue was written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Joe Sino, lettered by Art Simek, edited by Stan Lee, with Jack Kirby, Joe Sino, Stan Goldberg, and Art Simek as the cover artists. So the first part of this issue uh, deals with the last bits of a story featuring the Inhumans, which we'll just cover in a later episode. We see a figure zooming through the cosmos, leaving a bright silver streak in his wake. It's the Silver Surfer. And I really love the way the galaxyscape is portrayed here. It's so full of activity with planets and stars and meteors, asteroids all moving about in their courses. Yeah, I just absolutely love the way Jack Kirby manages to depict the cosmos. I think it is so full of life and energy. Uh, it really can't be stated enough, but we'll try to prevent ourselves from spending an hour gushing about it. It's easy to do, though. <laughs> but the uh, scroll take note of the Silver Surfer's presence and immediately order a blackout of the entire scroll empire. When asked by a subordinate why they fear this lone figure, the leader says that it isn't just the Silver Surfer they fear, but Galactus. And then back with the Fantastic Four, they are flying home from their adventures with the Inhumans when suddenly they see another sun in the sky that swiftly grows to envelop what seems to be the entire planet. It's I love the way that the flames look like a like a bird kind of dancing in the sky almost in that first image. It kind of looks phoenixy. It does. I'm not going to lie. It does. It's not, but it does. And uh, when they land, they find that the airport, which is supposed to be normally very busy, is deserted. And the city's in a panic. So Johnny well, Flames... No one's flying with the sky. Nobody's <laughs> flying with the sky on fire. So Johnny Flames on and flies off to investigate while Reed warns him to be careful. But Johnny doesn't hear him because he's too brash. And he gets fire-hosed down by some classic Marvel citizens. And you know what? It's good to finally see Marvel civilians acting like Marvel civilians. <laughs> yeah, they, they're, they're quick and fickle. And so Johnny is now hanging from a lamppost, and uh, Reed... Uh, 
tries to grab him, but instead Johnny has jumped down into the melee and is mixing it up with some civvies for some reason. Yep. Thing drops down with his patented it's clobberin' time and lands to start swinging into the crowd. The crowd disperses except for there's this one guy who's absolutely great because he just comes up and he he's so determined to pick a fight. Yeah, he's he's that one guy in every crowd that thinks he's the biggest the biggest bulldog in the on the scene. And I, I love this interaction right here. So you're the big bad thing, huh? Well, mister, you don't look so tough to me. You're breathing on my baby blues, buttercup. Now take off before I bat you all the way from here to Yancey Street. Yeah, it's time someone showed you up for the phony you are, and I'm the guy who's gonna do it. Tap! Still standing, huh? Well, a belt in the Labonzo knocked the wind out of your sails. Ouch! My knuckles! Don't worry, tough guy. They ain't gonna be hurting ya for long. And with a plink, he sends him flying. You can sleep it off here, pal. Y'all be snapping out of it in a couple hours. Then think of all the fun you'll have in the emergency ward, telling everybody what a phony I am. Reunited, the fa- the Fantastic Four realize that the fire in the sky is gone and return home to further investigate the mystery. And we cut to the Silver Surfer surf- surfing the wave of the supernova that we had in the cold opening. And it just is so delightful to see the Silver Surfer actually surfing on something. It's something that that really jumped out at me because, you know, I've always kind of, as a newer convert to Marvel Cosmic, I've always kind of thought it was funny the way that they have him as a surfer. And I never remembered that being a thing, but it was really cool seeing right here in the beginning he's actually surfing. Yeah, I... I would say that the Silver Surfer does spend a lot of time flying by merely standing on his surfboard, but every now and then we get some really great visions of him actually surfing through the skyways, and I think that that's one of the things that makes the Silver Surfer the best. Agreed. Well, Thing and Johnny look outside, and for a moment the sky is clear and full once again, but now... Uh, in front of the rise, it changes from fire. You know, it was fire before. Now there's uh, space debris and rocks. Now, Reed is in the lab trying to figure out what's going on. And he's ignoring Sue and kind of being a jerk. Uh, he hasn't shaved. And it's very obvious that he's really concerned over the things that are happening. But it does make him kind of mean to his loved ones and i don't really like that yeah it's unfortunate when you see that in him for sure sue walks into the lab and immediately sees the watcher there explaining what's been going on with the fire and the rocks in the sky he explains that he's the cause of this trying to shield the earth from the surfer but uh the silver surfer is completely undeterred by the uh, field of debris, and he surfs on in and lands on the top of the Baxter building and fires off the flare that will summon Galactus. 
We're treated to another gorgeous image of Galactus Sphere releasing the testing device, and we know that the planet is in fact doomed. And Ben Grimm, being none too happy about this, sucker punches the Silver Surfer out into the Berg, and that'll be important later. Indeed. And we see... A, the first reveal of Galactus showing up looking Christmassy in his Christmas best. And he shows up and proclaims, My journey is ended. This planet shall sustain me until it has been drained of all elemental life. So speaks Galactus. Next up, we have issue 49, If This Be Doomsday. This issue was written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Joe Sinow, lettered by Sam Rosen, edited by Stan Lee, with Jack Kirby, Joe Sinow, Stan Goldberg, and Sam Rosen as the cover artists. So, about this cover. Now, I... it's We have Galactus in the background, blasting into the earth as the fantastic four desperately attempt to run away and the silver surfer just like sliding in between his master's hands. And I really love this cover. Like this is fantastic work. Yeah. It really highlights how the fantastic four through this whole affair are really on the ropes and beyond themselves. And so we are Treated to in the beginning of this, if this be Doomsday title card, Galactus has landed on Earth. Any additional word of ours would simply pale before the awesome portent of that one staggering phrase. Galactus has landed on Earth, and humanity itself totters on the brink of Doomsday. Gosh, that's good. Yeah, that is some great language, right? There's some great prose. And one touch I love on the art to kind of match that right off the bat is they're they're clearly still frazzled. They're they're coming right off of everything that's gone on. I mean, Reed, you know, is shown uh, still unshaven and they're all looking pretty panicked right now. So we, the Galactus and the Watcher are uh, talking to each other, and the Watcher is begging Galactus not to do what he's about to do. And Johnny mentions that it seems like they know each other from the way that they're talking, and this shows some hints at a deeper cosmic universe for these two. And uh, Watu pleads with Galactus to spare the Earth due to it containing intelligent life. But Galactus basically says that we're like ants to him. And in the same way you wouldn't duck ants, uh, he's not really concerned about us. And Ben here is really angry at talking and not being recognized by Galactus. And he decides that it's clobbering time. And when he hits him with a giant womb, he thinks to himself, he didn't even feel it. My extra sun special Sunday punch. And it was like nothingville. Galactus hits the Fantastic Four with a gas grenade, catching the thing head on. So Reed rolls thing up in a burrito of protection and rolls him to safety. What? I... 
there have got to be better ways of rolling someone to safety than this. But yeah, it does look like a burrito or a sleeping bag. Yes, that's the other thing that came to mind was the sleeping bag. <laughs> so Johnny takes a shot at blasting him and gets his electrons contracted. Yeah, it's, you know, sciencey stuff happening here. There's some there's some sciencing happening. I I suppose, but <laughs> apparently the suit the soot from having his electrons contracted are smothering his fire, causing him to flame off, and Galactus leaves, wondering where his herald is, giving our heroes some breathing room. I do like the way that that sequence is illustrated though with with Johnny Blast and Galactus. And then Galactus almost seeming to like feed off of it and charge up and then Galactus blasting him. And you can see with the way that it's colored uh, that it just zaps Johnny of his power right away and he's left covered in ashes. And he's still very sooty when they return home and Reed gets a chance to shave. Meanwhile, we return to the Silver Surfer who, as we mentioned, has fallen through Alicia Master's skylight. He falls inside, and Alicia starts trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, so with just a uh, you know couple of moments with the guy, she figures out that there's something noble in Norrin Rad. And as we'll see, yeah, he's actually a really stand-up guy. Yeah, she senses that in him right away, that that kind of deeper soulishness to him that I think is frequently alluded to that I really enjoy about him. So, uh, meanwhile, with the Fantastic Four, Galactus is assembling the converter that will eat the planet on top of the Baxter building, and the Uatu shows up to show them what the fate of the earth will be if they don't stop him and it shows the the converter ray firing and drying earth's oceans and leaving all the sea life uh, you know in, in these cavernous you know desiccated ruins and it shows the planet being ripped apart with these deep channels being gouged into it and then Galactus's, you know, cosmic sphere just blasting off and leaving this this dried husk of a planet behind. So then we come back to Silver Surfer and Alicia Masters once again, and with just a few words, she manages to convince the Silver Surfer to turn on Galactus. And she's particularly awesome here. When Silver Surfer says it is only he that matters, meaning his master. She says, no, no, we all matter. Every living being, every bird and beast, this is our world, ours. Perhaps we are not as powerful as your Galactus, but we have hearts, we have souls. We live, breathe, feel. Can't you see that? Are you as blind as I? She really pleads an impassioned case for humanity and and really begins to sway Norrin. It's it's a really moving a really moving defense of the best parts of humanity. And so we 
go from there, cutting back to Galactus, who tries to start up the energy converter. And it doesn't work, because Ben is just going hog-wild on the machinery. So Thing and Reed uh, blast Galactus off the roof using a combination of Reed like a cannonball and then Thing also uh, smacking him with a, a piece of antenna or a piece of the, 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 the firing mechanism or something there. But Galactus uh, hovers in air because with all the power at his disposal, I mean, of course, they can't really knock him over very easily. He's, he's a pretty big deal. And so Galactus summons the Punisher. No, 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 not that Punisher. The small frogman robot who is like adorable and fantastic. And why don't we see more of this? I'm pretty sure he's a battle toad. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure he's a battle toad. I'm I'm pretty convinced. And but I I'm just charmed. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm just seriously charmed. It's enjoyable watching this guy. I do want to see more of him show up. Uh, but as the rest of the Fantastic Four battle the Battle Toad Punisher. Uh, Watu sends Johnny Storm through a cosmic journey to the planet of Galactus. And we see illustrations of Johnny kind of almost looks like he's bursting into some kind of energy or like phasing into another realm or something. It's it's a very intense looking uh, image. And then he's flying through space and uh, dodging unlife beams and flying all the way to this space station that's got this great uh, Mobius strip kind of design to it. And this is, uh, you know, absolutely stunning in its design because there's like these planetoids that are all just like hovering right next to this immense spaceship and like the shadows, their cat, the, the planets, whole planets are casting on this spaceship are just like tiny by comparison. And there's so much wonderful Kirby flair and crackle in the background. I mean, this is pure stuff. Yeah, it's it's like everything amazing about Kirby's style, all kind of in one image. It's great. And uh, the battle with the Battletoad continues with... Reed and Ben and Sue giving it their best, but this guy is just kind of too much for them to handle. And he yeah. kind of goes into hyperactive mode and, and just starts wailing on thing at, at you know, too fast to even focus on, too fast to even see what's coming. And Ben is, is pushed back into Sue's uh, force beam for protection. He has to retreat. And... Uh, while the team rests up inside of the force field, Alicia Masters finally convinces Silver Surfer that he has a cause worth fighting for, and so the Silver Surfer heads out to do battle with Galactus. I like this ominous warning right at the very end of this issue, though, where the Watcher says, basically by... 
by the Punisher, or by, I'm sorry, by the Silver Surfer jumping in without meaning to, the Silver Surfer may himself be the cause of Earth's total destruction. Next up is issue 50, the Starlink Saga of the Silver Surfer. This issue was written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Joe Sinnoh, lettered by Sam Rosen, edited by Stan Lee, and a cover by Jack Kirby, Joe Sinnoh, Stan Goldberg, and Sam Rosen. And the cover, it's the Silver Surfer. Enough said. There's a little box in the corner where it's like, Johnny goes to college, but I don't... We're not even covering that part, so might as well not be there for our case. Let's be real. I don't think anybody cares about Johnny going to college. After all this, <laughs> I don't think Johnny cares about Johnny going to college. But we'll get to that particular bit of whiplash in a moment. In a moment. <laughs> because the Silver Surfer and Galactus immediately uh, beset upon each other with violence but they're not really seeking to harm each other. They're covering themselves in energy or hardening their you know, surroundings into stone, but it doesn't really seem like they want to hurt each other. It's, it's really kind of interesting the relationship that Galactus has with the Surfer. The Surfer recognizes that by and large, he is who he is, and he has what he has because of Galactus. And he also recognizes that Galactus is not evil. He is a force of nature. And Galactus recognizes that Silver Surfer, you know, has has grown and has changed. And he needs to be able to do what he needs to do, but he doesn't want to have to hurt the Surfer in the process. And I really love that dynamic. Yeah, they, while they are throwing tremendous cosmic powers at each other, they're still mostly just trying to talk it out, it seems. Galactus is upset at Silver Surfer rebelling, but he promises the Silver Surfer that he will have him serve him again. Yeah, it really almost feels more like, I mean, I don't know what came to mind, was kind of more like a father and son having a really heated argument and where they're both very emotional, but they're not trying to wound each other with what they're saying or with what they're doing. They're they're trying to make their point and be heard. Meanwhile, Johnny is returning from his cosmic adventure. He's flying through subspace past the bands of unlife. And when he comes back through a haze of red and yellow and uh, Kirby crackle, he seems just harrowed and deeply, deeply shaken by the things that have happened. It's it's clearly too much what he's been through for his brain to process. And he, he kind of slips into a state of shock. He, he is not really aware of what's going on around him very much. And Reed and Sue jump up to to catch him before he collapses. And Reed sees uh, an item tucked into his waistband. And the item is apparently the ultimate nullifier, which apparently it 
could erase the entire solar system in one microsecond. Well, just before Galactus steals himself to eradicate his most cherished herald, Reed pulls the ultimate nullifier on him and threatens him. And I love this. Galactus is shocked, and he basically just immediately goes in on the Watcher for giving matches to children. And honestly, it's a device that can destroy the entire solar system in a microsecond? I'm gonna have to agree. Yeah, he, he kind of chides Watu for for kind of pulling the nuclear option here unnecessarily. <laughs> it's reckless endangerment as far as I'm concerned. Indeed. <laughs> but uh, Galactus departs with a message. The game is ended. The prize has eluded me. And at last I perceive the glint of glory within the race of man. Be ever worthy of that glory, humans. Be ever mindful of your promise of greatness, for it shall one day lift you beyond the stars or bury you within the ruins of war. The choice is yours. I got chills reading that. Like, obviously this isn't the first time that I have read this particular saga, but never with so much care and never so closely, and this one really got me. Because even from the standpoint of you're talking about a, a like cosmic entity who could eat the world, and instead, you know, it's just a really great reminder of our own responsibility to the world in which we live. Yeah, it's it's a very powerful call to live up to your potential and and not settle for the lowest common denominator to reach as far as you can and achieve that reach. And so Galactus leaves, but not before he also strips the Silver Surfer of his title and he is now trapped on Earth. And in the aftermath, Silver Surfer is talking to Ben and Ben is trying really hard to dislike the Surfer and he can't manage it. Norrin's a pretty likable dude. It's it's hard to dislike him and though he wants to, Ben just can't bring himself to be angry at him. And then Alicia Masters has somehow made it up to the roof of the Baxter building and she runs, in heels, blind, directly over to the surfer, but somehow misses Ben, who then immediately assumes that Alicia has been smitten by the Gleaming Gladiator. She then immediately talks about how Ben is the most wonderful man who's ever lived. It's, it's kind of weird to me, because... He actually talks to her. I, I I read this a couple times, and he actually calls out to her, and she totally does not pay attention to him while she's tending to the Silver Surfer. But she does, to her credit, begin uh, telling the Surfer that he should get together with, with everybody downstairs and, and hang out with Ben, who is wonderful. And this is one of those, like, 
you know, obviously we understand that this is a soap opera setup, right? Yeah. Where there's a misunderstanding and then this leads to some, like, new characterization. But I actually think that, like, by this point, like, Ben should have a little more faith in Alicia. Just a little bit. Yeah, he gets very sulky over this, and it he seems to be overreacting pretty strongly. But I mean, to be fair, he it, it has been clear this whole time that he his his self image is is really damaged by the way that he looks now. And then you've got this this deep, you know, gleaming figure showing up, and and you know, I kind of get that beating on him a little bit. And so the Silver Surfer, with nothing left to do and nowhere else to go, hops on his surfboard and declares that he's going to explore the planet and learn about humanity. And uh, that's pretty much the end of our coverage. We we have a little bit uh, where it talks about you know Johnny going off to college, and we we joked about this. Uh, at the start of this issue, but he does come back and while he's in his classes and he's supposed to be focusing, uh, he does kind of reflect on what he's been through. You know, did I do the right thing coming here? What can an ordinary college life hold for someone who's traveled beyond the galaxy? Someone who's had a glimpse of the wonders of the unknown cosmos. Will I be able to sit in class day after day after having soared through space after having tasted the excitement, the freedom, and the glory of being the Human Torch. So this this adventure has definitely deeply affected him. Yes, and uh, also, just as an aside, the, the story is also a introduction to Wyatt Wingfoot, who is going to be more of a supporting character for the Fantastic Four and others significantly later, but... That's not really within our purview. Um, yeah, and so that that wraps us up, and uh, we have a few minutes, so I just want to say, like, this whole story, this first Galactus appearance, is really just, like, it's so monumental. It's hard to talk about in context because... This is one of those things that they just come back to over and over and over again. Yeah, it's one of those things where I this is actually the first time I've read the original take on the story uh, prepping for this issue. But it it feels familiar immediately. But even though I've heard so much of it, it's it's extremely fresh and exciting to read this this take from the original source. Yeah, I uh, have found like a whole new appreciation um, for these early San Lee and Jack Kirby stories by going back and reading them again. And I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. Uh, these comics are, they're wild and out there and they're a ton of fun. Before jumping into this early Fantastic Four, for me... Uh, my only exposure to to Stan and Jack was the early X-Men because that's that's where I kind of came out of from from, you know, 
Marvel. And I did try at a point reading that early X-Men stuff and it's, it's fun, but painful too. It's really clunky and sincerely, if you've had any reservations about reading the older stuff, I, I can't give it a bigger endorsement. It's thrilling to read this stuff. This is really them bringing their A game. So I believe it is time for collections and further readings. If you want to read the issues we cover today, you can find them collected in Essential Fantastic Four Volume 3, Marvel Masterworks Volume 5, Epic Collections Volume 3, Fantastic Four Behold Galactus, the hardcover, Silver Surfer Epic Collection Volume 1, and you can find them digitally on Comixology and Marvel Unlimited. Or ask your local library, and they can probably quite easily find this for you. Now, if you would like to know more about Galactus, most recently we have uh, the Ultimates volume from 2016, 1 through 12, where it's a very different kind of Galactus story. It comes right out of the end of the battle world stuff where Galactus is life bringer instead of a death dealer. And that gives you an idea of where Galactus is modernly. Um, but as for classic tales, the first volume of four, uh, 168 to 169, it's the first telling of the origin of Galactus. And I'm really excited to cover that. And if you want to know more about the Silver Surfer, my suggestions would be Silver Surfer Black just wrapped, and it was absolutely fantastic, and you should definitely check it out. The art by Trad Moore is superlative, and I cannot possibly recommend it enough. And then Silver Surfer Requiem is about one of the best Silver Surfer stories ever. And then if you like Mobius, I know that there's a, like, a lot of people who do and a lot of people who don't, but Silver Surfer Parable, I thought, was a really great Silver Surfer story. I just want to throw my endorsement for all three of those stories for Silver Surfer Black, Requiem, and Parable. Uh, I've read all three of them this week, uh, and they are all fantastic. And sincerely, Tradmore kills it on Black. Yeah, just probably one of my favorite modern artists at this point easily if sacred places are spared the ravages of war then make all places sacred and if the holy people are to be kept harmless for war then make all peoples holy this has been artifacts of infinity i'm jonathan and i'm everett and this was edited by chris we will see you in the infinite cosmos